Awesome. If you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter 3. It's in the middle of the... Well, it's in the Old Testament somewhere, but... You could use your table of contents to find that, or you can use your apps to find it, because it's a lot easier. Anyway. Who actually has a book with them? Okay, I see a book there. I have a book here. An actual Bible book. What is that? <laughs> it's a dead What is this? Oh, yes. Uh, we're going to just look at a story. Here's the deal. I, I shared this message at the uh, the Fire and Glory, but I just felt like it was relevant for us as well. So some of you were there, but I don't, most of you weren't, though. So um, this is the cool part is that I get to do it and share it. And it's actually going to be a little bit of a different angle than what I shared um, last last week. But anyway... Uh, tonight we're gonna we're kind of we're still in the series on the goodness of God, but I just I just felt like this is this is a like a word for us. This is like a timely word for for where we're at as a group, and I think just who we are and and, and what God's doing with us. And so I'm just gonna pray and, and just ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to our hearts, Lord. I thank you that each one is here by divine appointment, and God, you have if that if that's true, then then you actually have something you want to say to each one of our hearts. And so right now tonight. We, we open our hearts, we open our minds, and we say, Jesus, speak to us. Lord, let your word go into our hearts and transform us, God. We, didn't wanna, we don't want to come here and then leave the same. But God, we actually want to be different. We actually want to be changed by your word. We, we want to we look more like Jesus by the end of this night. And so God, I thank you for that. And I thank you uh, for, for how you're going to speak to our hearts tonight. And so just, just help me to communicate your heart in the name of Jesus. Everyone say, everyone say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus my, heart is open. my heart is open. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. Daniel chapter 3. Here is the, here's the context of, of Daniel, the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is like, uh, it's kind of about the dude Daniel, and then he has his three friends, and they were actually renamed. They had some other cool Hebrew names. Uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and what's the other one? Isaiah. there you go. But they're, but they're more commonly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many of y'all know? The book is about these dudes and how they're, the, basically what happened was, Israel had kind of rebelled against God, not kind of, they like full on rebelled against God. <laughs> full on, they rebelled against God, and God said, like, if, you, if you do this, then I'm going to actually send you, and you're going to get exiled to another nation, and this whole thing happened. So now they're in this nation uh, called Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar is ruling over Babylon, and basically what the deal is, is that King Nebuchadnezzar is a crazy heathen king, they're, they're, and, but they got sent, and so a lot of the Jewish people got sent into, or the Israeli Israelites got sent into the... Um, to the nation of Babylon, but these, for some reason, these four guys stood out, and they they took some stands for God. And so, what we want to know just from the start, the, the the get go, is that these guys were in a foreign land, but they, and just and it's the same thing for us. Well, how many all know that we are in this world, but we're not of it? This is not our home. The Bible says that our citizenship is in 
Heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. This is actually not our home. And so there's some typology going on here with this story that we can fully go like, oh my gosh, this is totally my life, except for, you know, some of the intensities of the persecution that they experienced. We're not necessarily experiencing that in America. Uh, there's, uh, the, some of this stuff is actually still happening in the Middle East and countries around the world. But the reality is for us that the, the, the parallel happens to be that they're in a foreign land, but they're still trying to be dedicated to God in a foreign place. And how many all realize that in this world that we have a choice to be like the world or actually stand out and to stand for God in the world that we're not of, but we're still in. Are you with me on this? Yeah. Say amen. amen. And so here we go. The story goes, and we're going to start in verse, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and width was 6 cubits. Basically, it's 90 feet tall and it's 9, uh, nine feet wide. How many all know that is huge? He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather all the satraps and ministers, all of these officials, uh, and it says to come to the dedication of the image. Verse 3, so all of them came. Uh, that's verse 3. <laughs> and verse 4, then a herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and language, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Everyone say, this is intense. Verse 7, so at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, uh, in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Uh, and so verse 8, check this though, because it wasn't just everybody. There was a few people who didn't bow down. Verse 8, therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. Everyone say, accused. This word in Hebrew, some translations have in the little parentheses or the footnote to, to eat their pieces. It literally means to devour someone with your words, which is why it just says accused there. The translators didn't really know how to do it, but the phrase uh, can also be translated slandered or accused. It's not just saying some bad things. It's like ripping someone apart with their words. I mean, you guys have been the victim of that or seen that happen to somebody. They're just tearing people apart with their words. Have you seen this happen before? It's horrible. But th this is what they were doing. So these these guys were, were, were in a situation where they, were, we, they weren't going to worship this gold image because they were going to worship the true God who was Yahweh. But the other thing was now because they weren't worshiping it, they were getting accused. They were getting slandered. They were getting some trash talkers. How many of y'all know haters are going to? Hate. They're going to hate. That's just what they do. They hate, and they were getting hated on. In other words, they were, they, these words were not just meant to make them feel bad. These words were meant to tear them apart. How many, all, how many all realize when you stand for God that you actually are going to face something called persecution? And this is, the, this is what's happening to these dudes. And so verse number 9, they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. These are the, the, the people who were talking trash. They said, You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound uh, shall fall down and worship the gold image. Verse 11, And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. So there's some certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon by name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. How many all realize that's not true? They're lying. They are lying right there. I'm going to say lies. lies. 
They, it wasn't really about Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, it's not like they were per, like didn't have anything personal against Nebuchadnezzar. Just like, bro, we're not gonna worship your idol. You know, <laughs> like, you know, we're not gonna worship your demons. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry, we love you, but we're not gonna do this. So they're already lying. This is this is this is them trying to intentionally rip apart their character. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Hey, that, that's that part's true. Verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? In verse 15, Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, then good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then look what he says. He gets nasty. He said, Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? That is nasty right there. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I mean, you gotta, they probably had an English accent right there. You know what I'm saying? We do not, I don't, can't even do it. Never mind, I'm going to try. Matter. Verse 17. If this, is the, if this is the case, like if this is what you're going to do, I mean, if this is what you're going for, our God whom we serve is able. Everyone say, God is able. God is able. He said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and then he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Yeah. So not only is he able, but he's willing. I like that. How many of y'all are happy that your God is able and willing? It's, it's not just enough that he's able because he's God and he can do anything. But the good part is he's willing. That means he wants to rescue you. Hallelujah. Verse 18. But if not, look at this. He said, if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So here's the deal. Our God is able and our God is willing to set us free. But just in case he doesn't do it, because I just want to throw that as a disclaimer out there, just in case he does it, because maybe he has something better planned for my life, just in case he doesn't rescue me from this trial, here's the good news. We're not still not going to worship your God because we still worship God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is, this is like, this is dedication at its finest. This is surrender at its finest this is someone who sold out for god at his finest by the way side note the reason why the crux exists is to mobilize young revivalists our job here every thursday night is not just to have pretty kumbaya sing a few songs and cry a couple tears and make us feel better although i enjoy all of that the, the goal is to actually mobilize us mobilize means to move to action to prepare for action is to mobilize a group of young adults who would catch the heart of god and we say, oh my gosh, God is doing something not only in this place, but he actually is doing something in the students all around. There, there's people who need Jesus. And oh my gosh, he chose me to be the one to tell them about this amazing love, this amazing wow. goodness. This is the mission of what the crux is about. We're not here just to have some nice little moments. We're actually here to, to change lives and to see your lives get so transformed that when people walk by you, they're like, oh my gosh, you look like that one dude that they talk about in the Bible. He's like... The one dude who walks on water? Yeah, that dude. That, you remind me of those stories that they tell about him. Because you're like doing all these good things for people. They're getting healed. Like things are like, like your, your sunroof is just landing in your passenger seat. Like what the heck? How does that even happen? 
Like you, <laughs> you walk by people and all of a sudden their lives are like their countenance is lifted up. Their, their, their lives are changed. Not because you were having a good day, but because you carry the good day in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, oh, I'm having a good day, so I'll make people's lives better. No, 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 no. Forget the good day. Because you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, you're going to have medium days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But God doesn't change. And you're actually, this is, what, this is our goal. If, if this happens, if there is a group of, of 50 people who meet on a Thursday night who catch this heart, oh my God, I will go to my grave so happy. I will tell you the truth. I will be like, oh, I can die and I can go to heaven right now. Because like, there's like a group of young adults who caught God's vision for their life. They're not just going like, oh, everyone else is bowing to this thing. Oh, okay, I'll bow too just because everyone else is bowing. Oh, oh, everyone's going getting wasted on Thursday, Thursday. Oh, Oh, cool, I'll go do that too because I want to be cool. You know, Whatever the thing is, there's actually a group who said, wait, 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 wait. You guys are all bowing, but I have a core value in me that is that just cannot do that. I cannot do that. You, I don't care. You could throw me in fire. You could do whatever you want to me, but there's something in me that will not compromise. What would happen? What would happen? Oh, God, you have to see this. What would happen if your classroom got like five of you sprinkled in there who caught this heart, who caught this heart of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or your workplace that caught this heart, and all of a sudden, you're, 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 you're seeing people's lives get changed all around you. There's people getting loved, people getting set free, people who walked in with rejection, walking out with confidence. Like, what if that happened? What if people who walked in with crutches, like, just threw their crutches away because you laid hands on them and they got healed? Like, what if... What if what if this is happening everywhere you went instead of like oh I gotta go to class I gotta do my homework yeah. I gotta go to that they said it's the class you have to take you know to get my general ed like we just uh. we're like oh there's that teacher I don't really like the teacher the way they talk we're like uh. and we can come with with stink or we can come with with some good stuff everywhere we go it's like because you have to ask the question like what what would happen if Jesus walked into your classroom what would he do. How would your classroom look differently if Jesus actually walked in your classroom? <laughs> it could look like a flipping table service. It could look like a healing miracle service. It could look like a, a woman caught in adultery getting set free from condemnation service. Like It could look wild. But here's the reality. Is that he does walk in your classroom every day because he lives inside of y'all. You know what I'm saying? He does walk into your workplace every day. He does walk into the grocery store whenever you go in the grocery store. He does, he does get gas in your car when you put gas. Like, this is crazy. He does go to Panda Express when you go over there. You know what I'm saying? He does go to the dollar store, too. Come on, somebody. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely at Chick-fil-A. This is the reality, man. And sometimes we can get our little Christian holy clubs, but the reality is God is actually looking for people who would go outside the doors. I had a, vi- a vision, the first Jesus Culture Conference we ever went to in 2011. Uh, I had a vision of, of the, this, this river flowing outside the front doors of the church out in the front down there. I saw this river flowing out. I was like, oh gosh, the river's got to get outside the church. There's a lot of life in here, but this thing's got to get outside of there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'll realize, like, like, there's a lot of life in this room right now. There's a lot of life when we have services downstairs. There's a lot of life that goes on. But how many all realize that that life needs to get from in here and also out there into the streets? The river of God has to flow from us or else we actually start dying inside. 
How many of y'all know that, it, you know, it's like the Dead Sea. There's no outlets, and so it's nasty and stinky in there, you know? It, there's, there's no outlets. We become like a Dead Sea, and we get like moldy and crusty, and then all of a sudden we, you know, how many, how many of y'all know, like, when you're in a, having a bad day, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, someone just looks at you, you know, it's, it's like sweaty, it's hot, you know, you know, when our summer was pretty hot, you're driving in the car, you ain't got AC though, you know what I'm saying, you ain't got AC, it's like 95 degrees outside, you're already irritated because someone cut you off, and then someone calls you and say like, oh, actually, I can't make it to your birthday party, you know, like all that happens, and you're like, oh, How many of you know that's the best time in your life to actually start thanking God, to start blessing someone, to start hugging people, you know, like to start giving encouragement everywhere you go? Because that's when the river starts flowing. And when the river flows, it pushes out all the junk out of the way so you can have freedom and life again. It's the worst time to get introspective and start whining and complaining because what you focus on, you empower. And so when you start like whining, complaining about all the junk that's happening, you actually make it worse and you become a dead sea and get all crusty and <laughs> y'all y'all following what I'm saying today. But there's something that happens when the river gets outside and gets not only just outside the church, but outside of us. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll have rivers of living water flowing from within you. And you know, the rivers aren't just for the people around you, although that's the, the context what we're talking about here. But the rivers actually bring, make you alive. There's something about giving to other people and serving other people that actually makes you feel so alive inside. I'm, I challenge you that if you're ever in a moment where you're like, I'm having a bad day, or I'm having a bad week, or I'm having a bad month, or uh, 2016 is a bad <laughs> year, like, like, I've had those years, like, you know, you know what I'm saying, I've had those years, but you know what, if we stay faithful to God and don't compromise, watch this, we're going back to the story now, we're, we stay faithful to God and we don't compromise, and we focus, what we focus on, we empower, if we do this thing, I guarantee we will see life released in our lives. If we, what we focus on, we empower. It's just the truth. What you want, if you want to see some, something more in your life, then you should probably focus on it. It's true. If you want to, if you want to see more, you know, more money, more problems. No, like if you, <laughs> you want to see problems in your life, then just keep focusing on the existing ones that are already there. But if you want to see God start moving, we have to lift our eyes and hold fast to the truth of God. This is what was going on with these guys. These guys were so, so solid in their commitment with Jesus that nothing could shake them. Nothing could shake them. The worst of circumstances. I don't think anyone in this room has been threatened to be thrown into a fiery furnace if you don't renounce God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anyone in the room has had that hard of a trial to go through. But the reality is, is that if there's only two options. Let me say it like this. There's two options. We can either compromise and stay ineffective. Whoa. Because how many all realize that if we're bowing when everyone's bowing, then we don't stand out. We make no impact on the world for Christ, Ooh. which forfeits our very existence. That's a hard word, but that's good, yeah, too. If, 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 listen, listen. If we're bowing when everyone else is bowing, then actually we are ineffective in our life and unfulfilled. Because how many all realize God created you for a purpose, and if you're bowing to the things that the world is bowing to, then you render yourself ineffective to the very purpose of God, which is why you were created and why you exist on the earth. Whoa. That's one option. One option is you can bow when everyone else is bowing. 
and being effective. Or the other option is you can stand and stand for God, stand for truth, stand for what the Bible says is true, stand for God and, and speak the truth in love. I mean, although it's not just being a jerk about what you believe in, but, but we stand. These guys were actually really respectful. They said, oh, king. They called him a king. They honored. They, they just let him know. Let it be known, oh, king, that we're not, you know, they're, they're honoring Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't being jerks to him. How many realize that there's the two options? You can compromise and be ineffective, or you can stand up and, and actually, you, you know, when you stand up for God, you actually get going, you have to go through the fire. But how many all realize these dudes, we haven't even got to the end of the story, but the Bible tells us that they were actually promoted, and Nebuchadnezzar made a decree over the whole land of Babylon that if anyone talked trash about their God, they would actually get cut to pieces. Wow. How many all know that's called being effective? <laughs> Now, now I don't, I don't, I don't want you know people to get cut to pieces and their ho- houses turn into an ash heap. Like, like, I don't want that to happen to them. But I would like the the, the principalities and the powers to turn into that kind of oh, stuff, oh, and the demonic forces that are holding people captive away from Jesus. That's, that's the thing. The Bible actually tells us the reason why people haven't come to Christ yet. They said the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they cannot see the glory of Jesus. That's what the Bible actually tells us. So we know that, that the Bible is telling us that it's not even necessarily uh, the people that are holding themselves back. The Bible says that the devil, that's the God of this age is one, another word for the devil, that the devil has actually blinded people's, uh, their eyes. They cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of God uh, in Jesus. But hey, hey, blessed are those who bring good news. Blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. We, we're like the little torch carriers going to the darkness, going like, eh! <laughs> There's a torch coming my way. What are they gonna tell me? Hey, Jesus loves you. He wants to be your friend. You want to be friends? You, know, you want to like, be friends? This, this is the. This is so amazing. So here's the deal. We have we have one of two options. There's only two options. I'm gonna tell you this from 15 years of experience of following Jesus. There's only two options. You compromise and you stay ineffective, and you make no impact in the world for Christ, or you stand up for truth and you stand up for the Lord and you have to, get, you have to go through the fire. Yeah. It's the only two options. Yeah. But that's the way to be ineffective as you go through the fire. So here, here, here's, the, here's the deal. Like, uh, I, I'm going to quote this and I might be a little shaky. Actually, I'm just going to turn to it. Uh, and you can write this down. Proverbs 25, verse 26. This is, this is a good word. Proverbs 25, verse 26. This is what it says. A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. A righteous man who falters before the wicked. Another translation says the people who give way before the wicked. In other words, compromise. They, when, they, when you compromise to the, before the wicked, you're like a murky spring or a polluted well. Or like a, you know, one translation says a muddied, uh, like basically it's like having a nice you know, warm, not warm, cold glass of water, and then someone pours a scoop of mud into it. You know what I'm saying? That's basically what they're saying. But here, here's the deal. Before you get hit too crazy with the muddy part, here's, here's the cool part. God is actually typifying you, as, or giving a metaphor, that you are actually a spring or a well of fresh water. This is actually who you are. Before the muddy stuff comes, God is actually saying that you, in His eyes on the earth, are actually like a well or like a spring. I, I, we, we, did these, we did these camps uh, to Yosemite years back. Uh, this is probably like 2004 or five. And, and, I, and we did a hike up to this thing called Half Dome. How do you guys know what Half Dome is? You guys been to, so Half Dome is like, it's an 18-mile round-trip hike. <laughs> it's all uphill on the way there, and it's all downhill on the way there.
way back. Lord Jesus. It's almost like we walked in barefoot, you know, up, <laughs> in snow, uphill both ways, like those stories. And, and on the way up, there was this little, like, uh, what do they call it, switchbacks. And we're going up this, like, foresty thing. And we stop. And this is so crazy. I don't know if anyone's ever seen these before. There was literally a spring of, melt, like, literally mountain spring water coming up from the ground. Wow. Right next to this tree. And I'm like... Dude, there's a, and I I got straight up like a deer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you know, like, okay, I didn't lick it from the thing, but like I, you know, technically you're not supposed to drink it straight out of there because like other animals do that, and there could be bacteria and get explosive diarrhea from it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, the Lord spared me, you know, because <laughs> let me just say that would suck in the middle of an 18 mile hike, you know? What I'm saying? So like, hold up, everybody, you know, stay right there. I'm about to go behind this tree, you know, like it would just be a really tough moment. But this, this is, going back to the point, we're, there is literally a, a little spring of, of mountain fresh water in Yosemite. It was, I, I'm telling you, to this day, it was the best water I have ever tasted. It was the best. And I'm telling you the truth, it was ice cold. It was, it was cold. I'm like, how is it cold? It's coming out the water. It's coming up out of the ground. It was in the middle of summer. It was like June or July. It's not like it was like snow, and, you know, this whole thing. Like, the snow was already done skis, you know? Like, and I'm like, oh, and it, it was amazing. And I'm telling you, it was the best water I've ever tasted. How many of you have had those moments where you're like sweaty and, you know, you're like all this, and then you get an ice cold glass of water or an ice cold bottle of, you know, whatever your preference is. You know, I, I'm a, I like Dasani, you know what I'm saying? Fiji is also delicious. You know, I actually can tell the difference between different kinds of waters. Like, no offense to anybody, but like, Arrowhead water actually tastes like dirt is in it. I don't know. I no offense. Someone called me a water snob because I don't like Arrowhead. I'm like, whatever. Get out of my face. No, I didn't. But here's the deal. This is the deal. This is this is actually what the Bible is teaching us. That you can actually be like a that refreshing drink of fresh, crispy, cold water, revitalizing, bringing life, like rejuvenating. Like you can actually bring this kind of life to people by just being you around people, by encouraging them, by loving them the way Jesus would love them, by 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 standing for truth. All this stuff you can actually be that for people. Ah. But the Bible says in Proverbs 25, 26, that if you compromise before the wicked, if you give way, the Bible says in the Amplified, if you compromise, then you actually become a muddied spring. Like, how many of you know, that would be a nasty drink if I scooped it up and got a chunk of mud in my cup when I was drinking out of that little spring that was in Yosemite. And, and this is the, here's the crazy part. When you compromise, you actually become an unhealthy drink. Mmm, that's a really good word. When you, when you compromise, this is how people get a bad taste left in their mouth. Are you with me on this? Some people be like, man, I don't want to go to church because all them people are uh, hypocrites. Well, hey, maybe someone's been drinking out the muddy fountain. <laughs> hey, this isn't to... This isn't to make us feel bad. This is to provoke us to cleanliness. This is to provoke us for no compromise. This is to provoke us to go like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to take a drink of me and get a scoop of mud in their mouth. You with me on this? Like, I, I'm thinking like, oh man, like we, I don't want to leave a bad taste in someone else's mouth, hence become ineffective as my witness for Christ. This is, this is, man, this is truth. This is truth, man. 
And here's the deal. When we compromise, we actually, uh, we actually make a way for the mud to get in to our witness. But the cool part is, and this is, this is Proverbs 4, 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, because out of it flows the issues of life. It's the wellspring. There's that word again. It's the wellspring of life. So guard your heart. How, how do we do this? We have, to, we have to treat ourselves like we are a royal castle. We have to treat ourselves like, like we, you know, how many of y'all know like castles have like crazy amounts of protection on them. They got like that huge wall on the outside for the archers, you know. They have that crazy drawbridge that goes over a moat that in, if you had a really good castle, you got crazy alligators and crocodiles yeah. just all, you know, like snapping to fools, you know, like all that stuff. But <laughs> you got all kinds of things. You got, you got, <laughs> you got weird little goblins, you know, whatever it is. But why in the world, listen, why in the world is there so much protection for this castle? Like, why, why in the world is there a moat? Why is there a drawbridge? Why is there archers up on top? Why is there all this kind of protection going on? Because there's royalty inside. Oh, man, I wish, man, oh, you guys, you guys catch this in your heart. This will change your life, man. I'm telling you the truth. Listen, this is why there's so much protection for the, the castle because there's royalty. And the reality is we have to start thinking of ourselves as royalty. The Bible says we are a royal priesthood. And you don't guard things that aren't valuable, but you guard things that are highly yeah. valuable and priceless. And how many of you know the, the key to you not compromising is seeing your value in Christ? And going like, oh my goodness, I am actually so valuable. That's why I'm not going to sleep with my boyfriend before, I, before marriage. That's why I'm not going to sleep with my girlfriend before marriage. Because if I do that, I will be defiling the castle. I'll be letting enemies come up in there and defeat it. It's like the Trojan horse. No pun intended. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> And I'm telling you for real, this is, this is real stuff. This is why I won't go get drunk with my friends because I don't want to defile the castle. I, I don't want to do that to me because number one, it will ruin my life. Number two, it will render me ineffective and I will bow when everyone else is bowing. And so therefore I have no witness to anybody around me because I bow to everything that they're bowing to. Are you with me on this? Woo! That's why I don't, I don't, I don't watch some movies. I don't, I don't watch things that, that have sex scenes written all over it because I don't want, I don't want the stuff to get in the castle because I'm royalty. Royal people don't do that stuff. I don't do this stuff, man. I don't, I don't even let movies that have witchcraft in them. I don't, I mean, paranormal activity, not even a question, man. Like, why would I invite demons into my house? Yeah. The movie has demons in it. <laughs> I'm telling you the I'm telling you the truth. I had a friend who watched this thing and he comes home and stuff starts shaking. His frame started falling off of his door when nobody was home. How many of y'all know the lights are off but everyone's home? You know what I'm yeah. saying? All the demons say they followed you back home from the movie theater. <laughs> when you do this stuff, you were actually making he'd be like, I don't believe in demons. Well, hey, don't worry about it. They're still there. <laughs> you know, like they'll still jack your life up, but you can call it psychology. Oh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. They we'll just. <laughs> Whoa! In America, sometimes we medicate demons. And we don't realize it's because we compromise. We let demons in our life and they're running our life, and we just take a few pills and make them pacified. And let's just, let's just say it like it is, man. Let's just not compromise, though, and not let the devil run our house. 
I'm not, I, the, the reality is some people, we yes, we do have to take medicine and all that, so I, whatever. The point is this, is that sometimes we open the drawbridge to bad things and then we wonder why our life is ruined and when no one wants to follow the Jesus that we say we follow. This is real stuff, man. We're, we're a generation, man, who wants to go after this thing. This is, why, this is why I said in the beginning that if a generation catches this, and I believe many of you have caught this, but if this whole room plus 500 other people, 1,000 other people in those dorms catch this heart, can you imagine what we could do with this campus, man? Wow. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Bible, like, like the old hymn writer said, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And all of a sudden, how crazy would it be? Oh, God, how crazy would it be if all the bars shut down in San Marcos because, because no one had a reason to go there? What, how crazy would it be if the homeless were swept up off the streets because there's so many people taking care of them? How crazy would it be when there's no stories of, of, of date rape and, and crazy stuff that happens in the dorms for like... Ever, <laughs> because there's a righteous standard on the on the in the dorms. How crazy would that be? And how amazing would that be that that a small group of people who meet on a Thursday night had a catalyst moment tonight and said, "That's going to be me. That's going to be me." And I'm going to invite everybody I know into this thing. It's not just going to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Michaela, Denise, you know, Dr. Yar. All these, we're going we're gonna to be like, oh my gosh. And I'm inviting all my friends to this party. It's not just going to be us who don't bow. How many of you know there was more Hebrews that, that bowed? The whole, the whole nation of Israel got into exile in Babylon, yet there was only three people that stood. Some people are like, where was Daniel? Daniel was already higher up in authority, so he wasn't even at that meeting. That's what the Bible said. He interpreted a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar, and he actually got promoted. He was, he was probably doing some other things for the king. He was already on good standing. This is crazy, man. There were so many other Israel people, Israelites there, but only three of them stood when everyone else was bowing. Oh, God, let it not be. Let it be that the whole group of Christ followers don't bow to the spirit of the age whenever, when the sound is played. Yeah. You know that sound's playing all the time on the campus. You hear the sound all the time. In the dorms, it's playing all the time. We're going to bow to it. We're going to bow to gossip. We're going to bow to compromise. We're going to bow to drunkenness. We're going to bow to sexual morality. There's so, man, I'm telling you, there's so much temptations on the college campus. But you know what? There's an anchor inside of you. His name is Jesus, and he's the anchor in the storm. He's the anchor that keeps you steadfast in the midst of the storm. I'm preaching this no compromise thing because it's something that I live, number one, but it's something because I want to see your guys' lives actually be effective. And many of you already are living this thing, but I felt from the Lord, this is is something we can go on a whole nother level with. I'm not talking about getting legalistic. I'm not talking about being super weird. I'm just saying, stand for the truth of what God already revealed. Like, what's God's plan for my life? I don't know. Just start reading. (laughs) Come on. But like... (laughs) It tells you. I mean, it's to be like, it's not do's and don'ts. Well, actually, it is. In every, in every good relationship, there's do's and there's don'ts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to talk trash about Dominic because he's a really good friend of mine. Yeah. Right? But I am going to, I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to bless him. And, I'm, and anyone yeah. talks trash about Dominic, be like, hey, listen, I'm going to love that. Demon right at no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna treat my wife a certain way because that's just what there's rules there's there's do's and don'ts in relationships. There's when you follow Christ, this is the way it is. And this is the abundant life that God has called us to. And this is the crazy, 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 crazy part. 
is that there's going to be some people in your life that are actually going to say they follow Christ, but they're actually going to be trying to get you to bow down with them. That's the, that's the reality of this thing. Be like, I follow Jesus, man. Oh, really? Why are you looking like everybody else? And it's not to build condemnation. It's just to be like, hey, bro, I am your brother. I am your sister. And I'm actually here to help you. I'm going to call you up. I'm not going to let you, you know, like, you know, like the old dare, dare not to do drugs. Like friends don't let friends do drugs. You know, <laughs> like friends don't let friends compromise. Yeah. Friends don't let friends do this stuff, man. But like if you see someone running into the middle of a freeway, be like, bro, you need to tell them to stop. Yeah. If you see someone about to compromise their life, be like, hey, probably not a good idea, bro. You're, you're like that. Remember that castle thing? Like, yeah, that's you. You're like royalty, bro. You, you shouldn't be doing You got a way better life than that. Yeah. yeah. And this is the call. This is what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I really believe that there's something about this. And, and that if we grab a hold of this, I actually believe, I'm telling you the truth, I actually believe that if you grab a hold of this in your heart, we could see this campus turn. We could, we, I guarantee it. We could see it, man. I say this every year. I say this every semester. And I've seen people catch it, and then I've seen people compromise and walk away. I've seen it. I've been doing this for like 15 years. I've been doing ministry for like minus two, 13 years. I've been doing ministry for 13 years. And I've seen, I've seen this happen, man. Mm-hmm. This is what it usually looks like. It usually looks like someone gets on, I'm telling you, they get on fire for God. And then all of a sudden, some girl or some guy comes along mm-hmm. and starts messing with them. And all of a sudden, you don't see them in church anymore. Mm-hmm. They dodge you in the grocery <coughs> store. <laughs> it's weird, man. It's really weird. And I'm like, man, be like, be like, man, you preach a heart. No, dude, this is just the word, man. This is the word, and no compromise zone. I, 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 I this happens, dude, and and they and they don't they don't they don't like it. They don't. I mean, and it's not like. I'm just saying, I've seen this, I'm thinking with specifically this dude in, in the youth group that happened, this is like four years ago, he was on fire, dude, he was prophesying over everybody, he was prophesying over me, he was prophesying over people at gas stations, this guy was wild, dude, he was one of the most wildest kids we had in our youth group, and maybe some of you guys know what I'm talking about, but don't, it doesn't matter, the thing is, is that he, he got hooked up with some girl, and then after that, Bro, like he stopped believing in prophecy. He stopped believing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He stopped believing that God could speak. All, all this weird stuff, man. I mean, this dude was laying hands on people in his school and people were getting healed in his high school. And it was crazy. And then this girl messed with, she didn't, I guess she didn't like what we were doing. And homeboy, because his heart was wrapped up, wow. he, he compromised and just ran away from all that amazing, amazing destiny he had. Doesn't mean he can't still pick it up. It just means he's missing out on some years. You with me on this? And this is crazy. I know I'm hitting this thing hard, but I I, I feel like from the Lord to, to just like, man, this is our heart, dude. This is this is what we're going for. And so let's go. We're, we haven't even finished the story. <laughs> Verse 19. They, there's I promise you, there's a really good landing point here. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound. Everyone say bound. 
They were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments, and were cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, uh, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, True, O king. Verse 25, Look, I see four men loose. Everyone say loose. And they're walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. They went inbound, but they came out loosed. And here's the crazy part. That the only thing that burned off of them was the thing that was holding them back. (sighs) Some of you wonder why you're going through the fire. Because the only thing that came off of them was the thing that was holding them back. Some of you guys, what's the purpose of going through this trial? Why am I going through this time? Because God actually wants to burn some things off of your life that have kept you bound. Some of us wonder about the goodness of God. We're going through trials. We're like, is God still good? Is God, like, what is going on? But here's the reality is that the fire is actually for freedom. But like, this is a crazy question because you're going to, some people say like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm confused because I took a stand for God and now I'm going through some tough stuff. And my life feels like it's falling apart. What the heck? Anyone ever been there before? We're like, what the H-E double hockey sticks is going on around here? I said yes to Jesus, and now it feels like my life is going through hell. What the heck? That's not fair. But the reality is, when you say yes to God, you actually have to get going through the fire. And what we don't realize is that persecution actually happens. This is, what, this is actually what happens in a no-compromise life. Some be like, I said yes to God, and now my life's going through trash. Does that mean I did the wrong thing? No. You'll do the wrong thing if you go backwards. Yeah. If you stay in the fire, you'll actually come out like gold. Good. It's the truth, man. If you stay in the fire, you will actually come out better. This is what happens in a no-compromise life. Mm-hmm. Persecution starts coming. People start wondering, like, why are you going to that? That's like that crazy church. They see things that happen in the Bible. Why are you going there? People get healed, and they're, like, laughing and just having fun. What is that? That is weird. You go to that crazy church. <laughs> and you get persecution. They're like, oh, why don't you just do this? This is what people used to tell me. They'd be like, man, like, what? Oh, yeah, you're going to go hang out with them. You're too good for us now. But like, I ain't too good for you, bro, but I found Jesus, man, and I have no choice. I either can bow when everyone else is bowing or stand up and be changed. Some things that this happened, we start, some, some of us might actually lose friends. Some of us might actually have to leave some things behind. Some of us actually might have to sacrifice some things, like our reputation. Some of us might actually have to lose some things. And even what's even crazier is that we get to leave some of these other things behind. The, the, you remember they went inbound, but they came out loosed. Yeah. Some of us actually might have to let go of some of the orphan way of thinking. Some of us might have to let go of some of the, 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 the stuff, that, the thinking that's held us back. Some of the fears, some of the, the burdens, some of the old lifestyles and all this stuff. But when you go through the fire, 
this stuff actually falls off of your life. If you don't embrace the fire, it stays on you. Oh, man. I know I'm preaching crazy hard message tonight, but this is really good, too, at the same. It's like it hurts so good. (laughs) We're almost done here. And this is the thing. I want to encourage you guys tonight. There's something about staying in the place that God has asked you to stay in that you're going to go through some fire because you're standing on the word of the Lord, but you're, because you're, making a, you're not compromised. You're like, well, God told me to be here, but I don't really feel like it, so I'm going to move. How many of all realize that's called compromise? And if you compromise, you won't get the benefits of the fire and you'll be ineffective. But if you stay where God has called you, even when it hurts, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't feel good, I'm not sure that the standing in the middle of the fire felt good. But if you stay there, you will actually come out on the other side and you'll get the promotion that God wanted to give you the whole time. There's so many, I'm telling you, there's so many opportunities that I've had personally to be like, hey, we should, you know, you should go do this thing with your music. You should go here. I, I, this guy tried to hire me in his church in, in, in the Palm, Palm Springs Valley. He, like, tried to hire me in this thing and all this stuff. I'm like, bro, this is my home. God didn't tell me to move. I ain't moving. Yes. I don't care how hard it gets here. I don't care how difficult it gets here. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care. You can cut my arms off. I'll still be a worship leader. I ain't going to play guitar. I'll play guitar with my feet. I don't care. <laughs> it's possible. Do whatever you want to do. I don't really care. You can throw me in the fire. I'm not going to do anything other than what God told me to do. If God didn't tell me to move, I ain't moving. Because I don't want to compromise my destiny. Yes. Yeah. It's the way it is, man. And sometimes we, we just run because we feel it. It feels better over here. It don't feel good staying in the fire. And we're like, man, it's hot in here. We're like, it's hard to stay in this. It's hard to stay in a situation where everything inside of you is getting tested. Your character is getting tested. Your love is getting tested. Your patience is getting tested. Your, your heart of servanthood is getting tested. Can you serve when no one actually knows your name and no, you don't get any recognition? That'll test your heart real quick. You're like, well, I want to move somewhere where I get recognized. Well, if God didn't tell you to move, it ain't going to help you at all. Because the stuff that, was, that you're in bound, you're still, you're still going to come out that situation bound with the same thing you went in with. <laughs> but if you go into the place that God asks you, you'll go in bound and you'll come out loose. And God starts burning all this stuff away in the fire. And many times we run away from the fire because it don't feel good. And even this message that I'm preaching, I know it doesn't feel good to a lot of us in the room tonight. I know it doesn't feel good. But I'm telling you the truth tonight. This is what dads do. Dads say things that kids don't like, but they, and, then, and then like five years later, they say thank you. <laughs> Tr- I'm, trust me, I'm thanking my parents right now so much. I'm thanking Pastor Daniel so much right now. Trust me. So many times I'm like, dude, I don't, whatever. You're like, ah. I get that stinky teenager attitude, you know what I'm saying, the entitlement. You can't tell me what to do. I am my own person. <laughs> All right, bro, we'll stay bound. Talk, <laughs> talk to me when you want to get free, you know. And then you finally submit to the Lord, and all of a sudden you get freedom. You're like, oh my gosh, this would have been a lot easier if I just was doing what God asked me to do and didn't compromise on His Word. Oh, that would have been a lot quicker and a lot less painful. Ah, oh, man. And the beautiful thing about this, oh, the beautiful, beautiful thing about this is the dudes, they came out, and the Bible says in the very last verse, the king promoted them. They got the promotion. And the king actually made a decree in the land saying, if you talk trash about their God, (laughs) this is really intense. 
He said, if you talk about talk trash about Shadrach, Meshach, and Menegos, God, then you'll actually get cut to pieces and your house will turn into an ash heap that will burn your stuff down. <laughs> I mean, that's intense. But that's, that's called impacting nations. <laughs> when the heathen, crazy, you know, idol-worshiping king is making decree about your God, saying, like, don't talk trash about Jesus Christ. You know, like... <laughs> That would be an amazing thing. I just think, how cool would that be if the, pre- the principal, not the principal, the, the president of Cal State San Marcos, I don't think she's a believer. If you know, she's, it's, a, it's a lady. And I, and I met her at the dorms one time. What if she just made a decree? Because there are so many people like you who are standing for God and will not compromise and will stay in the place that God has called you to and love people unconditionally. Remember, we're speaking the truth in love all the time. And we stand for God no matter what. We do not compromise. What if the principal or the, the president, that lady, I forgot her name, but what if she took note of what you guys were doing on the campus, or, or, or maybe it's your, your boss and all that, and they actually made a decree on the campus, they made a decree in your workplace, that, that hey, 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 if you guys need any issues worked out, you need healing for anything, they actually like set it over the microphone, you know, put it in the Cougar newspaper, you know, the whole deal, and they're like, hey, go to the Crux at Summit, the Summit Church down the street from the campus. If you need healing for any diseases, they will pray for you, and Jesus will heal you. If you say anything bad against them, you will get an F. No, I don't know. <laughs> like, what if they made a decree? What if the people who ran the dorms actually made a decree that you can, no, no other religion is allowed to do anything except for the people who believe in Jesus Christ? Like, what if that happens? Be like, oh, that's not possible because we got to be politically correct. Dude, this was a nasty, nasty heathen nation. <laughs> Babylon was nasty. They did <laughs> nasty things. They're way worse than our country, like a billion times worse. And it happened for them. What if you guys took a stand and the RAs in your dorm said, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. I don't know what we all believe, but you need to listen to this person right here. I need you to listen to whatever they're going to say. You have to listen to them right now. Like, what if we walked up in the LGBTQ room and they said, hey, 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 listen, uh, I know you guys have had some weird run-ins with Christians, but these dudes, they're the real deal. You got to listen to them. Take, you got to take the next 15 minutes and listen to whatever they have to tell you. Wow. Like, what if that happens? Yeah. What if you go to the Latino, Latino Central, I don't know what it's called, the Latino room in the USU, like, the same thing happens, man. I'm just saying, this kind of stuff can happen if we live our lives sold out for the Lord Jesus. If we compromise, we stay ineffective. We lose our saltiness. We stand for Jesus. Doors of promotion are open to us. And God actually works in us and heals our hearts and makes us more free. Wow! That was a good word. That was a really good word. I'm going to pray for you guys. Lord, I, I thank you for everyone in this room tonight. Oh... Thank you, Jesus. Maybe Taylor just play the acoustic for a second here. We're, just, we're here for like three more minutes. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, in this room. Lord, I thank you that you're speaking to our hearts. And you're forming in this room a generation of no compromise. A people whose word actually is their bond. A people who, what they say they mean and what they mean they say. A people who said, when they said yes to Jesus, they meant it with all their lives. When they read the scripture that says, no, <laughs> this testimony, someone told me this yesterday. He just got saved. He said, I read that scripture that said, no fornicators will enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, oh crap, I have a girlfriend. I need to stop. Like he literally stopped right there. 
I'm putting a pause on this prayer. This dude told me last night, he said this. He said, man, I was a drug addict. I got saved. Jesus radically changed my life. He went to the Dream Center and, and totally got discipled and this whole thing. He said, but he fell away from the Lord for a whole year and it all started with one sip of wine. One sip of wine threw him back into drug addiction to cocaine and heroin, this whole thing. What's the point? One little compromise ruined his life for an entire year. He went back into sin and drugs. But I have room for it, bro. I don't have room for any compromise, man. This is what he told me just last night. And he's the most... If, if, you, if you know who I'm talking about, he is the young dude. He's like 25 years old, and he's the most wildest dude. He doesn't go to our church. He's the most wildest dude in the Fire and Glory meetings. You might know who I'm talking about. <laughs> he's awesome. And by the way, on Saturday, he was preaching open air in the mall. If anyone needs healing, come. And people were coming. People were getting healed. But this, he, said, he said one little compromise, one sip of wine, threw him back into drug addiction for an entire year. You just don't have room for it, man. Lord, I thank you all over this place. There's no room for compromise in our hearts. And God, I thank you for the, the anointing. And, and Lord, the, the Holy Spirit that keeps us and convicts us. Lord, I thank you that the Holy Spirit actually convicts us. And we're grateful for that. God, that some of the things that you tell us, we're not going to like, but at the same time, we thank you for them. Some of the things you tell us, I mean, sometimes we're so overextended into grace and love and mercy that we forget about the part of the love of God is to actually convict us and to course correct our paths. And right now, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to each person's heart on areas in our lives that we don't need to bow to the spirit of the age, but that we need to take a stand for the word of God. I pray that you would give us images right right now. Some of you guys are even seeing things. I pray that you give us pictures and images, speak to our hearts, give us words, show us areas, Lord, that we can shore up and protect our castles. Holy Spirit, I ask you for this, Lord. There's no condemnation for us because you already paid the ransom. And so everything that you're doing in here is not, you know, it's, it's not you're, you know, you're saved or you're not saved. No, no, no. It, it's you're saved and this is how you become effective. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the, the beautiful conviction of the Holy Spirit here tonight. For the beautiful conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Even some of our friends that we've been connecting with. Show us how to navigate these relationships, Lord. Show us what we need to lay down and show us what we need to pursue. I thank you for this, Lord, in this place tonight. It's like the Song of Solomon that says, Catch for us the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. And I thank you for a generation of no compromise, a generation who represents you well, who lives holiness. And I thank you for it, Lord. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what? 
I want to, this, this is me, man. This is me. I want to make a stand for the Lord Jesus, not only tonight, but in, the, in, in my life, in the days to come, on the campus, in the workplace, etc. And you're saying like, you know what, when, 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 the, when the sound's being played and the other people are bowing to the other stuff, so to speak, I'm actually not going to bow. I'm going to stand for Jesus. If that's you, I actually want you just prophetically to make an act. And I just want you to stand right where you're at. And I want you to say like, yeah, that's actually me. You're, you're talking to me tonight. I'm actually going to stand for the Lord tonight. God, I thank you for it, Lord. And we, we stand for you. As we stand here in the physical, we take a stand in the spirit realm. And we say, God, our lives are for you. Just lift your hands and surrender to the Lord tonight. Lord, we take a stand for Jesus. And it's because you love us first. And we love you. We could trust you that whatever you're telling us to do, we know it's for our very best. You're a really, really good dad. And so tonight, as we stand, we stand to say yes to you, Lord, and say no to compromise. And God, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for this generation here, that we can actually impact people's lives all around us with this goodness of God, with the speaking the truth in love. And Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, let's just say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our lives to you. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace and your great love. And your great love. And God, we thank you for the fire. And God, we thank you for the fire. That as we go through the fire, as we go through the fire and the testing, that you're healing us. That you're healing us. You're setting us free. You're setting us free. And tonight, Lord, and tonight, Lord, we commit our hearts, commit our hearts to, stand to stand for truth, for, truth, for what, your word says, what your word says, and to not compromise, to not compromise when, the opportunity comes. when the opportunity comes. Holy Spirit, Holy empower, Spirit me empower me to be your witness, to, be your witness, to, share, Jesus, to share Jesus, to show His goodness, to show his goodness and to live a holy life. Full of joy, full of joy, and life, and life. Oh, and love. love. <laughs> yes, Lord, and I and, and I just pray for you, God. I thank you for everyone in this room that we have the ability to stand for you, Lord God, to stand for you, Lord God, because you give us the strength. And so I bless your people here tonight. We love you, and we live our lives for you. In Jesus' mighty name, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.